listen, episode 44, it's Sir William Elvis Escobar for Sama. This is officially sponsored and powered by Billionaires Road. Peace. You have now entered the lab with Elvis Escobar, Fort Sama, episode 44. We have a very special guest, um, somebody that's long overdue that we've been interacting with that uh, is probably one of two people, basically, that can approve anything going from unofficially to official. Um, we always said on this podcast, we got to earn it and that's what we got to do. You know, we, we believe in consistency and, uh, you know, long-term goals. So um, with this person coming into the lab, we will have a, a great experience, not only learning um, everything about him as a person, but as a, a businessman. Um, but before we get him into the lab for it, you know, are you excited about, you know, talk to me about this process that we're going to do for episode 44. Man, I'm definitely excited. Like you said, it's been a long time coming. Just, you know, someone that I would love to hear from, just their background, their story, how they started everything, because eventually I'm I'm looking to do, you know, some of those same things. So I'm just going to sit here and soak up the knowledge like a sponge and do, do the best I can, because this, this is probably, not probably, I, I'm going to comfortably say this is the most illustrious person that we've had on the pod so far. So I'm, I'm honored to just sit here and, and talk to this person and, and interview him and see what happens in the future. Absolutely. And uh, usually, um, you know, self-proclaimed, I'm good at doing my intros. I'm good at freestyling them and, uh, you know, entering people into the lab. But this time with this many, you know, this uh, high status and credentials <laughs> and respect to this guest, I had to do a little research. I had to make sure I had everything ready. So I'm going to read my little intro and uh, let the rest flow. The guest for episode 44, William Benson. He likes to go as Sir Doctor before we discuss, not to disrespect, he earned his credentials. Um, is the uh, CEO and founder of Billionaires Row um, from Milford, Delaware, based entrepreneur, investor, businessman, lifestyle expert, and philanthropist. He is a founder like I said, NCEO of Billionaires Row, a firm that works in global luxury brand, which develops, designs, and markets luxury goods for the modern, trend-setting, and affluent customer. During the college times, William Benson left studies just to be an entrepreneur, and he is the proud founder of his proud of his decision and provided the world uh, that he was uh, on the right way. So this is somebody that has come from what we love to kind of love to hear. We, we love to hear that, that story of going, uh, I hate this, the saying nothing to something, but you know, self-made something that, uh, you know, uh, when you see the end result of something, you always think, uh, they had it the easy way, but we, um, like myself and four are going to find out like everybody else here today. Um, you know, the story and, and, and what's going on with billionaires Russell without Got further ado, out, out the mud. So without further ado, we like to, um, welcome sir, Dr. William Benson into the lab. Peace, peace. 
What's going on, sir? I'm good. I'm good, Elvis. Ford, how are you, gentlemen? Doing well, man. Doing well. Excited for this. This is a long time coming, man. So, you know, you guys got the floor, man. I'll let you guys shoot. Shoot away. I'm going to make sure we start this off right because we had um, Patrick, the other, you know, your other business partner uh, on the podcast for episode six. If you didn't catch that, definitely go back. I personally listened and watched that today. Uh, but he gifted me on my birthday, which was a few weeks ago, with a, uh, a fresh bottle, unopened. I wanted to uh, at least start the episode with... You know, pouring up a little yeah. bit, celebration. Hey, I thought yeah. about no no better time to open up a bottle of Billionaire's Row with the, the guy himself. So Absolutely. I can pop this open real quick. Time, pop that open and then we'll, <laughs> toast, we'll toast with some Billionaire's Row. Nice. Yeah, please. It's only right. It's only right. Yes, sir. I had that bottle. He gave. I think I had a bottle last time and I, I we cracked it for New Year's Eve. Um so I like to save special bottles for special occasions, but I thought there would be no other time to pop this particular bottle, but having you on the podcast. So oh, man, let me uh, pour it up. <laughs> that, that bottle is a everyday occasion bottle. <laughs> Every day that we wake up is a blessing. It really is. And, uh, you know, I heard people say sometimes people – you know, uh, only drink for occasions. You know, this is definitely something that I'm not into um, this particular, and it, it, it's a brandy cognac. How, how would you describe uh, this this yeah, bottle I mean, right every, here? Every brandy is a cognac, but uh, it is a brandy XO. Um, we like to call it our uh, secret sauce. And, uh, okay. you know, it's the, it's the fuel to our Rolls Royce. Ooh. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So I have my New York Yankees glass. I save it for special occasions. Uh, myself <laughs> and you are Yankee fans, which I just learned. Uh, we play tomorrow. We're quoting it. I saw Monday night. So if you're listening to this, they might be playing right now. So uh, I know you guys don't have a shot, but I'm going to take it for the three of us. Hey. Cheers. There you go. Cheers. Cheers. Fort, we got to send you a bottle. We got we to gotta send you a bottle. Send you, hold on. I'm going to send you a, a bottle through the metaverse. There you go. There there you you go. go. <laughs> Billionaires Row, cheers. cheers. Are. Wealth and prosperity. Yes, sir. So Ray kind of just like broke broke every little bit about you, you know, your background, where you're from, everything like that. But me, I'm I'm a first hand kind of person. I'm I'm hands on. Just you know, if there's anything that he missed or kind of just went over, is there anything that you want to tell us all our listeners about you? Kind of how everything started, or anything you got? He's spot on. I mean, I mean, um, like to think that uh, I come from humble beginnings. Uh, heard my story. My mother had me when she was sixteen. Um, the oldest of four children, and always kind of just been, um, always wanted to do my own thing. Always was like the kid that could play by yourself, and I'm um, like, go outside with the other kids, and you know, I could just. You know, just be in my room by myself, just entertaining my own self, you know, uh, coming up with cool creative ideas, whether how to put puzzles together, how to make my bunk bed work, to now as I got older, how to come up with really cool concepts and disruptive ideas to put into the marketplace that I think that, that I think that's 
Now, now I've read, and I didn't know this before um, reading it. Um, you're from the the state of Delaware. Born in Delaware, man. That's uh, interesting because I think I read um, what was it? Uh, a lot of um, either presidents or a lot of political power has come out of the state of Delaware, not affiliating you uh, with political, uh, you know, oppositions or, or campaigns. But you are involved. Obviously, I've I've seen you in, you know. Uh, Eric Adams, the, the the mayor of New York, um, did you did, you know do you do you feel that sense of pride you know coming from Delaware? Because I don't know personally too many people. Uh, I'm from New York, uh, Staten Island, so Delaware is kind of almost to me, um, no disrespect, is kind of like a forgotten state. It's something you just drive through. You don't really you know stop off. Um, so yeah, I mean, hey, we're close. You know we're yeah. close. I mean my 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 relationship with New York. Pennsylvania and Delaware are so tied together because my families are from that area that it's almost like you might as well say I'm from New York or either from Pennsylvania or Delaware, either or. Um, you know, and when you talk about Delaware and politics, I mean, Delaware is the first state. Um, you know, there's a lot of history from George Washington to, you know, all the way down to President, President Biden. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the state has a very rich history, being that it is the first state uh, in the United States. And, uh, you know, we could speak a lot uh, about Delaware, even though Delaware is very small. You know, <laughs> I'll drive to it, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, same same uh, same thing with Delaware, man. It's just really humbling coming, being born there um, and then. My mother being in civil service and us being in North Carolina, then being in Pennsylvania, then in New York, um, Delaware gave me this sense of country slash city, you know, where you could go outside and you see like cornfields everywhere, but then you can go up north and it's like gangbang, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the streets. You know? So you got really two sides of it and, and most people don't know that most of the banks are based in Delaware. You know, Wilmington, okay. You know, most of them are, are in Delaware. So a lot of rich history uh, by Delaware. I like that because I feel like, uh, you know, not only can we relate with, you know, New York teams as a, as a fan uh, a fan of, but, uh, you know, I look, I'm from Staten Island, so I always looked at, you know, the, the city where, you know, not only a, a physical location, but a mental um, where it's like we're so close to the city yet so far. We're also, you know, we could see the city, but we aren't the city. You know, there, there's that kind of fifth forgotten borough. And I feel like uh, I think you could relate with the Northeast where, you know, when you think Northeast, Delaware is not thought of. Did that did that shape your, um, you know, your 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 growth, your your childhood and, and kind of being, you know, bigger dreams where you're close to the Northeast, but you wanted it, you know, get out of that area? Yeah, I mean, 1,000%. I, I think all of us here come from humble beginnings. I like to, to assume that. And I, I think that like when you, you know, like when we were young kids, like the guys we hung around when we were young kids, they were young kids, but they were dope dealers. <laughs> they sold drugs. Right? <laughs> and when when you saw that 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 Cadillac or that big body bins or those 20 inch rims at the time or that Mercedes, you know, as a young kid, you were, you would hit your brother or your boy and be like, that's my car. Like, nah, that's mm-hmm. my car. I'm going to get that car when I grow up. And so those were our 
those are our triggering inspiration points when we were like 10, 11. You know, we didn't know any better. Those those things were like bigger than, they were bigger than everything, you know, when we saw those things because we really had nothing else to see outside of that. You know? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad Bray, uh, Ray asked that question because that, that's kind of where I was going to go. Like, how did you coming from Delaware, you know, like Ray said, a, a forgotten state, how did that kind of like shape you and what you were going to do and kind of just like, I guess being an underdog type type of role. When when was that point you said you, you always were like creative as a child or whatnot? When was that point and like did anything like impact your decision making and when you were like, Okay, this is this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna set out and just doesn't matter what anyone says, doesn't matter what happens, like I'm just gonna say fuck it and do it. I think that's a really good question. Um it was a very pivotal point in my life. As a youngster, I talked about this on a few different podcasts. Um, my mother's lights got cut off when I was a kid, and it was an $80 light bill. You know, and at the time my mother worked three jobs, and as like a 12 year old kid, it's like really there's not much you could do, you know, when you see that look on your mother's face when she can't pay her $80 light bill. Um, that, that moment, because I saw what my mother would, was willing to do to cover right. the bill. And it wasn't the most positive things. Um, so that's when I took action. That was when I was like, I used to, um, <laughs> I used to like play basketball and baseball. And every day after school, I used to have to wait for a ride to hitch a ride back home. And I would see like the Spanish guys that would just be sitting. And you know, the, you know the story, right? Where they would just be waiting for work. And I would watch them and I'll be like, where they going? Maybe like five or ten of them. They would hop on the back of these trucks. So one day I was just like, I'm gonna just jump on the back of the truck. I'm gonna see where they're going. You know, curious will, right? And uh they they were taken to this huge, huge corn farm, huge cabbage farm. I remember this trailer in the middle of this farm with like fifty acres full of corn. And they were just there were Picking corn, they were picking cabbage, they were picking cotton, and they didn't speak any English. And I would, I would find the one guy. I'd be like, my friend, my friend. I'm 12. I'm 12 years old. I want to work. I'm thinking in my head, like, if I could bring my mom this eighty dollars, then she don't, have, she doesn't have to have this problem. Now, mind you, both my lights, my mom's lights were off. You know, now you pay the bill, your lights back on in a couple hours. You know, right. Then mm-hmm. you know, we had to wait till somebody showed up, and you know, it was. I think we were our real, our lights were out. For, I would say maybe about two weeks, um, and that was when I started having those experiences of taking baths. And um, mom would have a kerosene here with, with a pot on the top of the stove, and I used to bathe, wash my face, um, bath on a kerosene heater, and kind of. Then I started to become more fearful, really, because. Those fears set in of me being poor. One of my biggest fears in life is being poor. That was the one of the first things uh, that triggered me to go. Not as as the oldest, I didn't care if I was eight, ten, twelve. As the oldest, I can't see the look on my mother's face being uh, a feeling because I was I'm very sensitive to 
mother's, I can feel when my mother's hurting and my mother's struggling in that sense. And so I was like, nah, I'm just gonna go figure this out. And so the truck component with, with the Spanish guys and I became really good friends with them at 12 years old, we would have like known. And then when I started uh, making a little bit of money, we got cable TV. And, uh, you know, at the time, BET, MTV, VH1 was the was the ish, right? And um, I started watching BET, and I've seen the video, this commercial with LL Cool J uh, <laughs> had uh, this FUBU, rapping about FUBU or whatever, and I, and I saw it. And I saw um, these four black entrepreneurs that were behind FUBU. Time we never had a black fashion brand, right? So I was already I was inspired, and I was just like, "Yo, I got to give me some fubu." So now, <laughs> now I got to make more money. So we had a bunch of woods by my. Uh, I had lived, I lived in a trailer, a trailer home at the time. I think I asked my mom how much that trailer home was. I think that trailer home was like eighteen thousand dollars, but it was no bigger than, I mean, geez, uh, three limos. <laughs> I was going to say a big, long hallway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so I would go into the woods and I would break break these branches off the trees and I would find where people would dump all their trash, like just randomly dumping stuff in, in, the, in the woods and like it would be old lawnmower parts and stuff like that. So I would go into the woods and I would bring these pieces out and I would put them together. I would learn how to just like create this push lawnmower and... I would break these branches off the trees and I would make pulleys and tie them up and start these lawnmowers up and I would start cutting. Like I lived in a trailer trailer park and it was like a hundred trailers in this park. So I figured if I could cut everybody's yards for $10 after school, mm. that I would get enough money to go buy Ubu and also be able to pay all my mom's bills. Right. That was me, that was me at 13, 12, 13 years old calculating this in my head. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I started to do it. I mean, I bought my first pair of white Air Force Ones at 12 years old, and I remember cutting the grass and not knowing <laughs> to do <laughs> So, you know, um, you know that that uh, that to answer Elvis your initial question, that was really the start of the entrepreneurial spirit for me. It was it wasn't. Uh, uh, celebrity or anything like that. It was literally it was my mom. It was seeing my mom's face to keep going to do something. It was hurting me that much. Where I wanted to be able to uh, just help, just contribute. Yeah, that's the that's the beauty of um, you know the grind, and we all have. I think all three of us could say our individual stories, which I think no matter what point of life we're in, we're always going to feel like we're uh, not at the end goal. We're always still. Um, competing, whether it's yourself that is, um, you know, successful, has all these, um, the, all this experience, all this success. Um, and then us in, in, in our own perspective, uh, not one better than the other, just we're all on our own journey. Uh, it's great to reflect. Uh, and this is what uh, listening back to Patrick's story was uh, very similar that we were able to relate where, um, you know, you always talk about the journey, you always appreciate it, then the actual end result. Um, and I love, uh, I took a quote and I was uh, listening uh, while I got ready for this podcast is he said, um, you know, you have a quote. I don't know if this is, um, 
you know, something that you share often, but, you know, something that he mentioned passively, but he went into his story was um, as far as tying it into billionaires row is um, you don't have to be a billionaire to be a part of this experience and journey. Um, and, you know, to fast forward a little bit, uh, I, I've always wanted to know, you know, I'm always enamored by um, how something started, you know, how something is thought of. Uh, being processed as maybe an idea and then watching the process go to to the uh, end result. And I love that beginning stages because that is uh, most pure. It's the most purest we'll ever find ourselves um, as an individual and as a company. How did that, that start? Uh, what was the beginning stages, whether it was you scribbling on a notepad or or you just linking up with the right pe uh, people? Billionaire's Row, what was the, 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 the start of it? So crazy 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 story man. Um, i literally would listen to music and play video games with my friends and i would drop i would jot down when a song would come on i mean it would be it wouldn't matter acdc i mean i'm a big rock and roll fan nice a big hip-hop head big country music fan and so whatever would come on i would write keywords down from these songs and at the time in the era, this was 2009, 2010, I would look up those 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 uh, words and I would go on GoDaddy and I would look to buy them. Mm. And so it was a guy by the name of me and Sakaya Sanford. Sakaya happened to be Kanye's best man in his wedding. And we're sitting in my apartment at the time and we're like, let's come up with something really cool. You know, we're doing this this thing called Thinkers Thursdays, which is like, which I'd like I to like that pioneers of industry so we would have you know seven to ten guests at dinner at like stk 21 club it would be an insurance agent and across would be like a like dj clue and then over there would be like a real estate agent and over there would be like you know someone in the healthcare industry and it was whoever we thought were the dopest people in those industries that were pushing the culture forward in those industries and we would sit them across from each other at the dinner table and i would stand up and i would say now I know no one here knows each other, but let's make magic. And I found that over a good dinner and good spirits that everyone across from each other had something in common. Mm. And that to me created the theme, let's make magic. Because I realized that money wasn't made from nine to five, it was made after five. Real wealth in this country is made after five. And it's across the dinner table or at the nightclub. And, you know, it's the same kind of, uh, the when the New York Times called me about my relationship with the mayor of New York City, that was one of the things that I said, New York City is known for, it's a nightlife city. You know, and he ran as a nightlife president. And there was many a nights that me and him were out from one, two o'clock in the morning rubbing shoulders with celebrities, Wall Street gurus, you know, and influencers. But that was the, and that is the only way that a mayor, a truly a mayor can really understand the city. You have to be able to sit with the thugs. You gotta sit with the Wall Street bankers. You gotta sit with the gang bangers. You gotta sit with the nurses, the doctors, because you're a mayor, you're the mayor for all people. You know what I mean? So let's get back on, you know, you know, the aspect of, of Thinkers Thursdays, I wanted to be able to bottle that energy because what I realized after the dinner, man, people would be so geeked. But 
it, it was like, it was gone. After dinner, it was gone. It was nothing else. So that high or that dream or that aspiration that people wanted to get, it was over. So I wanted to take that energy that was created at those dinner tables and at those events, and I wanted to bottle them up into something that people could actually take with them, right? And consume, because I feel like, and I've, believe now more so than ever that in order in order to uh, connect with someone or help change someone you have to connect with them spiritually so spirits are a big part of connecting spiritually with people and every bottle you open is a different spirit like we're doing right now yeah you I know. just opened a new bottle and and it is that's that was that was a perfect transition. You know, yeah. So you know. So we um. So yeah. So now that Thinkers Thursday thing got larger than life. Um, you know, he designed the logo for me, and I was like, nah. That first logo I was like, nah, Sky, that doesn't speak to. That speaks to this demographic, man. That don't speak to them. I said, let's start over. So we went back to the drawing board. We did it again. I said, okay, that right there, that's that's nice. That speaks to me. So, you know, um, fast forward, I had a, a birthday party at the Trump in New York City, and I remember the bill being some crazy amount and uh, being really upset that my birthday, I had to end up flipping the bill. Uh, and in this nah. case, <laughs> yeah, did, but they left me with the bill and it was really embarrassing. But after that, I went upstairs because I had an after party where I invited everybody upstairs. And I remember jumping on top of the table in my living room. And I remember the, the room getting silent. And I said, um, I finally realized in my life that I don't have any friends. And mm. it was completely silent. Wow. And then I said, probably about three seconds after that complete silence i said i'm going to start my own champagne company and i jumped off the table and everyone started laughing because i guess everyone thought <laughs> it was a joke but that right there you know tells you <laughs> yeah i was i felt like i was being played i felt mm. like when i when i a dream or an aspiration or even maybe just a goal i felt like my friends were laughing at me and that sparked the journey for me going to france to start my own brand. Go ahead for it. Yeah, no, that's um that part right there, the ending where you were like, I realized I have no friend no friends, that kind of ties into something that I want to ask more towards the end. But I I was watching something that you recently just posted when um I think it was like a podcast interview type of thing and you said how people are afraid to succeed. Um, because of once you get to that level, it, it means danger. I mean, like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get some context to that because I left it kind of. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I I was looking for, and so you can tell the people here too because that that stuck with me. Um, is is I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a shape what I said on it. I don't know Elvis if you if you watched uh, that. Podcast. Oh, I did. Was, um, uh, what we talking about uh, podcast that I did with my guys Mike and Elliot and Diddy and these mm -hmm. guys. Shout out to them. Um, you know, where we come from, we see it every day. We see greatness. We see greatness. And one thing that I've learned about greatness is that it can't be explained. 
And when people don't understand your greatness or you, they fear it. That fear is then triggered by hate, jealousy, or envy, which could ultimately end your life or someone's life just like that. And we've seen it in our community where I, I just saw a story where a guy shot a girl five times because she beat him in the basketball game. Where a guy someone shoes in the club or someone makes a wrong gesture or bumps a shoulder bump or whatever, right? So in our communities, we have seen people dim their light in fear of being persecuted by their neighbor or by the boys in the, in the, in the park or the girls a girl walking to school or walking home from school, being bullied, uh, being peer pressured. I mean, these are some of the things that are taken over our society through TikTok and through other social media um, assets that young kids watch or they see what they see at home and it influences them in a tremendous amount of way. In fact, um, I was reading the statistic that verbal, verbal abuse is more damaging than physical abuse. You know, when someone tells you you ain't shit, when someone tells you you're not going to be shit, when someone tells you someone tells you, you can't make it, you can't do that, that actually has a, a worse effect on someone mentally than actually smacking them in their head and telling them they can do it. I had a seventh grade math teacher tell me that I'll never forget her name. I'll never forget uh, what I felt during the time. And uh, yeah, you're right by that. Yeah, and it's like those. So what? So. And that's a huge component of billionaire role because what I like, I see, what I call them are falling stars. And we see these falling stars here and there. And all we have to do is look, right? And billionaire's role is an aspirational lifestyle, but it gives, it allows you to dream. It allows you to aspire to be the best version of yourself, right? Not to be Michael Jordan, because I mentioned that and I said, you know, I, I, I love when you reference all that because that's, that's my know, shit. And you'll never be Diddy. You'll never be Jay-Z. You, you can be the best version of you. You'll never be Sir William. But you'll be the best version of you if you stay on your purpose and you focus on what your aspirations and your dreams are. And all it took for me was one person. Now, those outer voices are very loud. But as long as your inner voices are louder, you'll be super, super cool. And it, and, 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 I'll, and I'll touch on something else, too. And and this, this is for Patrick, a.k.a. Scott. <laughs> a.k.a. That, Ghost. Ghost. So that's my brother, right? And me and him go at it. And people don't understand the relationship because it's really a true, genuine, organic brotherhood. Um, no one could ever tell me nothing negative about my brother. And I would go to war for my brother. You, you know what I'm saying? So when you That's have, how he explained it on, on our episode, exactly how you're saying. One call, all uh, Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> no one can ever tell me about my brother. And me and, him, me and him may have a slugfest. We may beat each other up. Like Draymond and Jordan Poole? <laughs> Not like that, yeah. That's <laughs> close. But when we, we walk in that room, when we walk on that carpet is brotherhood because we understand that we have a real responsibility because we know that people are watching even the people that don't want us to know they're watching you know they're watching 
You know what I'm saying? So he's been a tremendous help. And we we go through our shit. We got therapy and we cuss each other out and then we'll be like, look, man, we got we got we got bills to pay. What's up? We got this. Yeah. <laughs> do it because we understand that we can't stop now, right? Because we have a whole slew of people. And I get them, I get them my DMs, like the emails, man. Hundreds of hundreds a month from young entrepreneurs. Man, how did you start building? How can I get into the wine business? How can I be as fly as you? How can I dress as you? I mean, even just the basic questions. Where do yeah. you get the suit? That, that right there can change the trajectory of someone's um, spirit. And I understand the importance of it. So I don't, I don't hold it lightly. I beat myself up as a Virgo because I'm always trying to perfect what I'm doing or what I'm creating. You know, mm-hmm. if you're talking about billionaires or water, how my mind works, how I'm trying to create something that's just disruptive in the marketplace, the cognac with the spike bottles or the champagne with my name on it, or being in a room with politicians and celebrities, just being able to balance and manage all of that and then be a father. Um, man, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So I always have to find balance um, and and for still touching on kind of like that conversation we started out with, with um, people losing themselves or losing their lives, trying to find themselves in their dreams and aspirations through their community. Uh, we have a virus in our community. You understand what I'm saying? That, that virus word. can spread. Um, it can spread in a positive light or it can spread in a negative light. And whatever is put out there, um, that, depending on who puts it out there, can go a long way in doing damage in our community or can go a long way with doing positive in our community. And I always wanted to touch on the positive in our community. And I will reflect and say, hey, look, okay, guys, because I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm close to the gangbangers and dudes in the streets, and I'm close to presidents and politicians. And in order to even be acknowledged amongst them, you have to have both. You have to have both. You understand what I'm saying? And when dudes is killing too much in the Bronx or they're killing too much, doing too much in Brooklyn, I have to sometimes bring them together with the, with the mayor or with each other. You know what I'm saying? And so that isn't my responsibility, but it is. Mm-hmm. Taking on that responsibility in my community to be like, hey, look, we're going to hire you guys for the summer. We're going to put you guys in a music studio for the summer. Hey, we're doing a, we're opening an art gallery pop-up. You know, first hundred kids, we're going to, you know, fund all your art. We're going to put this up. We're going to curate it and every. Every, you know, 14, 15 year old kid gets $100 by me, sponsored. I'm the first sponsor. You know, and this is what we do in our community, man. I mean, through my conversation with, with young people, I mean, I had a conversation with a young lady that, for an example, she was a four, she's a 4.0 GPA student living in East New York in projects. Um, perfect score. She sleeps in her tub. They don't have any room in the projects in that apartment. She sleeps in a mattress in their tub. Open up. Mm. 
So this is this is how, and these are these are untold stories. These are stories right. that sit on my conscience, on my shoulders. She's sleeping on a mat, doing her homework, coming home with a four point zero GPA. This is what I mean by talent, greatness in our community that falls short because of the lack of X or the lack of inspiration, or the lack of, of, of parenting or the lack of resources. I mean, there's all different types of components and elements. And so, you know, I like to give and spread light on that a, a lot because Billionaire's Row, when you, when you hear the name Billionaire's Row, you think about money, but it's just not about money. It's about aspiration. It's about class, society, philanthropy, love, family, all of those things embodied into one. So hopefully for that, that touched on your yeah oh no, it did for, for sure I, absolutely like i was just trying to get a little bit but you just you definitely i, I want to add some context to it so. yeah no of course because because that was like one of the things that i listened to and i was like all right like this i gotta put a mental note in so i could come back and ask again another thing that stuck with me too was how you said that france actually owns the word champagne i didn't know that and then you started breaking it down. You're like, these dudes are just drinking spiked wine. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> that's insane to me. So it all goes back to uh, being um, ignorant or um, not being educated. Naive, yeah. Uh, or naive to, you know, uh, consumer product and being, a, and being sold on anything. You know what I mean? Um, I want people who follow me to to understand the difference between what champagne is and what sparkling wine is because they're not the same they're not the same that's yeah that was that was something that i was just like damn i, I had no idea I, I probably would have never even known that but that was that was cool uh, i don't want to keep asking questions but i'm just like we're flowing and like everything's good so one thing that I wanted to know, because I know you guys got more than just champagne, and now I'm, I'm glad that you told that story when you were standing on the table, and you're like, fuck this, I'm going to make my own champagne company. I wanted to know if that was, like, the first thing that you thought of. And then once you did the champagne, what was when you were like, okay, I, I can't do just champagne. I got to do other things. I got I got to add on to this because – Technology moves fast. I'm sure your industry with alcohol and liquor, that sh that stuff probably moves just as fast. So I know you got to stay with the times. What? How, how does that work? Like, what are and you Ford doing? Ford mentions it all the time. Champagne, water. Water, Coney, caviar. Uh, caviar, you know? All, all the time. I mean, you know, um, in, in this society, man, technology moving. Our technology changes every 16 seconds. So you really got to be on. Yeah. You got to also be hip, and you also have to be in the know. Um, I like to think that uh, I'm an influencer influencing influencers. Mm. And what I like, I like to think that everyone else likes. I think I have good taste, uh, good fashion sense, um, good taste in a lot of different things, cars, clothes, women, um, you know, you name it. And so... For me, anything that I feel like I touch, I feel the masses will enjoy it because I understand what it's like to be here and to be here. 
And by bringing that all together and adding my swag to it, it makes it formidable for everybody, all walks of life, to be like, yo, you know what? I want to give it a try. So, you know, we got uh, the champagne. And so when you talk champagne, I go, well, champagne, when people hear champagne, they think of success and money. Um, young people don't associate themselves with it as much because they just were not taught how to bring it together. But that's what we're doing. So we're showing you how to curate, host an event, dress, party, yep, and consume spirit, wine and spirit product. So it's my a- champagne bottle was a what is a bottle of forty. You know, <laughs> you know, back in the day. So that's how we celebrated. It, 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 exactly. And, there, and but there's levels to this, right? You said four. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a level to it. Now, when I'm I'm drinking this right behind me, I have I have Michael Basquiat. You know, I have um, right here. That's why I wore it. I know some very famous paints, pieces, art pieces, Dapper Dan, somebody who's influenced me. Um, <clears throat> you know, some of the most some of the most coolest books and things that are inspired by me that are behind me. Um, you know, these are things that kind of inspire me on a day to day to keep my mind going where I go, Hey, I'm going to do something really cool. You know, um, we're planning top of the year to launch our fragrance, our unisex product. That's going to be crazy. Okay. Mm, got to okay. add that to the list for it. We're, yep. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're, let me, let me write it down now. <laughs> to announce we're, we're um, unveiling our new tequila, you know, billionaires all, you know, which is going to be crazy, which is going to be cool, you know? And so let's get it, man. <laughs> we're building out a portfolio of, of product that can speak to everybody. And here's what I mean by that. So one of the people who influenced me the most out of all of this shit was Stevie Wonder. Me and Stevie Wonder had an opportunity to get together at the Friars Club in New York City. And Billionaire's Row was, was being served. I mean, the history in the Friars Club is crazy. Um, on Park Avenue next to the Ferrari dealership in New York City, you know, uh, from Larry King to Whoopi Goldberg to Frank Sinatra, those are the members, right? And you know, we're sitting now, we're talking, and I said, um, I need you to do something for me. He said, what? I said, I need you to try this champagne for me. Tell me what you think about it. He said, all right, go get the champagne. So I went <laughs> behind the bar, I grabbed the bottle, I came back to him, I popped it, I gave it to him. He tried it. He said, hey, pull me some more, pull me some more. <laughs> he said, man, this is some good shit, man. This is really good. He said, right before he went to leave, he said, can I take a couple bottles with me? I said, hell yeah. I ran behind Absolutely. the bottle, I gave it to him. He was like, yo, this is some of the best champagne I've ever had in my life, and I knew then. I had some, because and that's a brute rosé, right? Yeah, this that's the brute rosé. Yeah, and then you know, we're, we're launching our our brute uh, as well, uh, top of the year, and I think that people are going to love that because that for amazing. I've tried. I'm not, um, you know, uh, I'm not a connoisseur and in, in any stretch of the imagination of champagne, especially rosé, but. Uh, about three years ago is uh, Bree's birthday and Julia Patrick's wife came uh, with a bottle and that's how we had our bottle service. It was nice to be treated like that, like bring your own bottle, pop the champagne. And it was the first time I remember like even tasting it for it. 
we got to we got to get our hands on a bottle because Oh yeah. First of all, I've never tasted anything better as far as champagne but also that type of champagne. It's it's amazing. Um like I'm salivating just thinking about it right now. <laughs> it's 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 a perfect blend of uh, you know, a, a champagne with a nice little sweetness to it. It's not too sweet. Is is that what you're drinking now? This is what I'm drinking right Dude, now. This is it's amazing. Yeah. I've I told Bree when we got home that night. I was like, I know it's expensive, but that's something I need to taste a couple times a year as a celebration because that's <laughs> it's very good. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. And, and it's a it's a blend of Pinot Noir, uh, Chardonnay, and Pinot Noir, mm. and those are the grapes that that make up. Uh, Billionaire's old uh, champagne, and uh, probably about twenty percent Pinot Noir. Let's say about uh, fourteen or sixty-four no, percent of Chardonnay, and about sixteen percent of Pinot Noir. So you got that perfect blend, uh, you know. And uh, you know, I, I think I'm excited for the entire world. I know we can't; everybody in the world can't try it, but. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm really excited for for the world to really uh, to, to touch more on it and enjoy more of it. And I like to uh, I like to say that this particular product is all of my failures, all of my, <laughs> pain, all of my pain, my heartache, all the haters. <laughs> Cheers to them. Everything is bottled in that, and, and you're tasting a bit of everything when you taste it. So thank you so much for. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're not, you know, we're not, uh, we're not ashamed to to let you know. Hey, if you got anything, you know, that falls off the back of the truck, whether it's product, whether it's a, uh, <laughs> I like those billionaire row polos, oh, uh, a yeah. couple hats, a scene. So, you know, if any, if anything, you know, like my dad used to say, anything falls off the back of the truck that you want to send us, you know, you got our email address. So you can DM us, let us know because we will rock it and we will represent. I like to be the first to wear like the hoodies and the hats to get the response. You got to, you got oh, to. Just the jacket, course. the Letterman jacket that you got. God crazy. damn, You're crazy. Yeah, I mean I'm, we're I'm, doing we're doing two special edition uh, joints. I'll tell you guys sneak peek a uh, special mm-hmm. special announcement. So we're gonna do a billionaire's Row varsity Ivy League button jacket with all the Ivy League button on the front. Every Ivy League team with the real actual patches all to the front. And then we're going to do an HBCU version of okay. that. As well. um, and we think that that from a, from a merch perspective, all the HBCU, I love it. The way that, that I'm envisioning it anyway with all the Shaw universities and all this, you know, Morehouse, you know, all the black universities, I think that they're going to really uh, support that. And uh, I think the, the Ivy League, for me, the Harvard, the Brown, the Yale pieces are very limited edition. Um, and I'll tell a story around each university with their patch right around them. So we, wait, till, wait till you see this, man. Nice. Oh, we'll be on the lookout yeah. for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we're kind of talking about, like, you know, the merch and all that kind of stuff now. Because I was, you know, I was going through your Instagram, doing, doing a little bit of research, <laughs> seeing what's good, seeing what's up. You know, and I'm glad that you mentioned also that you like to flex. You you like to look good. You you like to keep update updated with the trends and everything. And I I also liked how you said the part where you know you got to pay the bills. So I'm always uh, I'm a very work hard but play hard kind of person. So what what are some I got to know? What are some of like 
your guilty pleasures where you're like, all right, I got everything taken care of. Let me let me go. You know, I, I worked hard for this. Let me go spend X amount on this. Like you do it a few times. You know, is it like, is it watches? Is it chains? Is it cars? Like, what is it for you? What, what does? I, I it? was I almost wanted to dress up in a full piece suit for him because I felt like you know I, I had need a like a mid Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna throw a suit on and I said, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> if you would have, you would have canceled it. For me, I think my creativity comes from the way I feel. You, um, you dress how you feel. Um, you know, and I think that you play how you practice in life. Uh, you practice good, you play good. You play good, they pay good. Right. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And I believe that. And, you know, for me, um, I'm big on art. Uh, if you guys probably if you noticed. If you Definitely. I'm a uh, uh, huge collector of um, art. Uh, back pre-COVID, I had two two art galleries at uh, the Billionaires Art Society. And, um, you know, the premise of those galleries were to teach children who were blind how to read art and really just collect really dope, amazing local artists that I felt that were really dope artists like Ross Pinos and Love Child and these guys that I think are really brilliant uh, uh, talents that I could spotlight with my following um, and my, my celebrity and my influence uh, and my circle of friends to be like, hey, this 18-year-old guy is contemporary artist out of this world we should invest in him or this you know, 22 year old female, uh, you know, her impressionist work is out of this world. We should invest in him. So I spend the bulk of my time really with buying artwork. Um, and then also two suits too. I love mm-hmm. two suits. <laughs> nice. I, I'm not really much a jewelry guy. I will put jewelry on from time to time. As uh, he with, rocks a little something, yeah, something right. on his neck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear my, I'll wear more so my Star David. You know, if you see me a lot, I'll Got wear you. my Star David. Um, happy holidays. Uh, wear um, happy uh, Yom Kippur and uh, Rosh Hashanah. And I, for me, I, you know, a nice watch, uh, maybe a Jubilee Rolex or maybe a, an Audemars or something like that. You know, I'll throw on, you know, if I really want to flex and do something crazy, um, you know, I'll call, some, call in some of my relationships and put something on where no one else has ever, no one else has worn, um, no one else can wear it. Um, you know, uh, just do something really crazy uh, outside the box. I did something last August. I did a, a great Gatsby party. Floyd Mayweather came in and bought everything up in the whole. Seen that? <laughs> and, uh, nope. It's really a great experience, but the, the money for. The great Gatsby, I turned I turned the castle into a, a blackjack and roulette uh, space, but all that money went to a charity called DIA, uh, which is a cancer charity. And so we do a lot of uh, charity work in the community uh, in New York, especially. Uh, we'll be doing something uh, November 8th. Guys, I'll send you the invitation. We'll be doing something at the Ritz Carlton. That'd be dope. Uh, in Miami. For charity, we're building a small school in Haiti. Nice. And so, uh, hopefully, you guys can can come and support in any way, in, in any way that you can, because there'll be a ton of celebrities that'll be attending, and hopefully, 
you guys can uh, get some great interviews from that. And, Writing it down. So that's an extension, an invitation I'm going to extend to you. So Thank you. I'm really grateful. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, look, for me, little trinkets. I like little trinkets, little nice, cool things. I mean, I like doing really cool stuff with my daughters. And, um, you know, they... Yeah, twins, right? Yeah, twin daughters to go in London. I, they like really cool stuff. And so, you know, just mm-hmm. doing cool stuff with them. And they like, they like what I like. You know what I mean? Of course. Now it's now it's a little bit more tough. So, <laughs> so to wrap this episode up, which uh, you know, again, we we appreciate you hopping on episode forty four. Um, you know, like uh, we, you know, obviously when we started this podcast, uh, it's great to hear about. Um, you know, it's good to know Patrick, and I've known him personally for about five or six years because uh, I worked with his wife. Uh, but it's it's great to see because I knew him before the billionaires row, and I watched the process of him evolving. And we're similar age, so it's good to you know always relate to somebody that's going through a process and a journey, and and see it from almost day one basically. Um, and now getting to you know he was he was here on my birthday, and and not to call myself special, but there's only a certain amount of invites I had on my birthday to come to my house and celebrate with me, and and he was one of them, and I'm blessed. Fortunate for him to come through and obviously gift me with a bottle. And it's great to hear, uh, obviously, your relationship with each other because I feel like myself and Ford are going through the same process. Uh, before Enter the Lab, we had a po- podcast with uh, another two people, uh, utility players, and obviously that didn't evolve as, as smoothly as we had hoped, but it got us to where we are now. And uh, we're, we're, we're better off in, you know, no, no disrespect to them, but we're on our own journey. And, uh, you know, we mesh well, that, that Jordan and Pippen type, you know what I mean? Like pass the ball. We, we, we both know our strengths and our weaknesses, and we play off that. Um, we did ask, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, this, this episode, usually every episode since day one has been unofficially. Maybe we could get your blessing to have episode 44 be officially um you know, uh, presented by Billionaires Row, but also let's, in the let's, future. Let's officially make number episode number 44. Let's go. <laughs> Put that bottle. Show that bottle. Grab my bottle. Let me grab my bottle. The spike bottle. Hey. You oh. can say it yourself. Episode 44. Listen. Episode 44, it's Sir William Elton Escobar for Sama. This is officially sponsored and powered by Billionaires Row. Peace. Let's go, man. Right there. Let's go. Sir, Dr. William Benson, enter the lab, exit the lab. My Peace, God. my brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Let's cook this up fast. It's ready to go. Let's go, man. Yes, sir. Get it. Okay. Well, love. All right, then. Be good. You too. Peace. Peace.